Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. This is The Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening to the show. Thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb in for Colin Cowherd. What an interesting night we have tonight in uh, NBA Hoops. Super interesting night. Because we're either going to see an eight seed go to the NBA Finals and avoid a historic collapse. Or we're going to see the Boston Celtics with, I think, inarguably, in series, the greatest comeback in playoff history. No team has ever come from three games to none down. And, oh yeah, by the way, the Celtics are a seven-and-a-half point favorite. Seven-and-a-half point favorite. That's nuts, especially considering the Celtics... While they've won the last three games, right, they just survived game six with a miraculous uh, tip-in. Other part that's interesting of the series is 
you know, game one was a fairly game one and game two were fairly close games. But that was the last the last game was the first game that was decided by a bucket or two. Just a very interesting story. I guess here's a question I have. We're talking about coming from behind. We're talking about coming from three games and none down. Something that's never been done before in NBA history. And I mean, I guess the obvious part to it is, hey, look, the Miami Heat are eight seeds at the end of the day. But it doesn't feel like anyone's talking about the collapse of the Heat. You know, and now would it be fair to say, hey, look, Tyler Hero's not playing? Sure. Would it be fair to say that, you know, I guess if you want to throw Victor Oladipo or, you know, they didn't have Gabe Vincent for one game, like, sure, all of those things are fair. But three games to three games to none. And if you remember, like game three, it wasn't competitive. The Celtics got beat one twenty eight to one oh two and it didn't even feel that close. And and it it if you watch that game, you had to ask yourself, and I did on Twitter, well, who's going to be the next head coach of the Celtics? Because they are not listening to their current head coach. I mean, they just, it was bad going into half, right? I think they were down, uh, what were they down? They're down 17 going to half, and then they just get annihilated in the third quarter. And that, that was just a bad basketball game. And that's like game three when your backs were supposedly against the wall. Then they find a way in game four, return home in game five and no Gabe Vincent. Game six, they really led kind of tip to finish. You know, it's a fairly close game, but they always had, there was one little spot in the fourth quarter where the Heat took the lead up until, you know, they didn't regain the lead until there was, what, three seconds to go? I mean, that's nutty. You know, that was just nuts where they they took the lead 83-82 and they hadn't led since the first quarter, then didn't lead again. That was with 7.57 to go. Then they didn't lead again because the Celtics had it. They had it up to as many as, as 10 with a couple minutes to go, but couldn't close them out. Jimmy Butler gets fouled in a three-point shot, makes all three free throws. And then if you if you haven't paid attention, is there are there people out there who don't know about the Derek White tip in? Right. Marcus Mark gets open with three seconds to go, shoots it, it goes around, misses, and comes off. And Derek White, who took the ball in bounds, was like, I, I guess you go old school, Johnny on the spot, lays it in, and it, it was a it was an interesting. Look, I think the the TNT guys did an interesting, a good job covering the game. But like, you got Kevin Harlan there, and I think even he missed it. Like that, that was the time for it. Normally, and I'll also point out that one of the things that's interesting about our game now, and look, it's very, very fair to point out that you want to get it right, because at first glance, I think a lot of people thought the 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 tip in was no good. I was watching, and I'm, you know, I'm telling you God's honest truth. I was at uh, the OC Tavern in San Clemente, California, and I turned to everybody. I was like, that thing's good. That was good. They're like, no, no, it's late. But if you listen to the call, it was kind of 
No, no, it was too late. It was it was kind of dismissed. T- take a li- li- take a listen. This is uh, the TNT call, I believe. White will inbound. It's off the smoke for the seventh game. No, it may tipped in, but the buzzer sounded. The light was on. It'll be reviewed. Protect the offensive rebound. Oh, he got All rid of it. He sure did. Celtic and win and win on the Celtics. To game seven. The Celtics are going to win. There's a game seven back in Boston. I mean, that's... It's, it's like, look, and please don't anybody take this. Oh, you're talking ish about Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan's awesome. And of, of the guys, and they're all great with the big calls, but with his voice and his intonation, his radio background, he's different for radio than for TV. Like, that's the perfect spot. And he just kind of, and it's the buzz. Like, he just kind of missed it. Kind of dismissed it there. Then they went back in the review like, oh, my God, he, he got it. It, it does give credence to the, we talked about this in the first hour of the show. You understand why those Heat fans at a wedding party were celebrating. And if you haven't seen it, it's amazing video. Like, they think the game is over. Everybody put, they're watching on a phone. There's like sparklers and a, and a Heat flag. Who knew that existed? And everybody's going crazy in celebration. And like, who's going to, are you going to tell him? Somebody going to tell him? That's a weird call, isn't it, Jay Stu? For like, you're talking about the best of the best in Harlan, and everybody thought it was after the buzzer. And you know what? I think we did some creative editing on that to even shorten the Oh, no, distance. there was a, there was a space in between. Yeah, yeah. There so was a space in between. I remember in real time that was the case. Like, I, I think just like you kind of like, are they going to talk about that tip in? That was kind of my first instinct as well. Like, how how did that? How was that not a, a part of that final call? Yeah, was, uh, let's listen. To, let's listen to it one more time. This is the final call on TNT. White will inbound. It's off the smoke for the seventh game. No, it may tipped in, but the buzzer sounded. The light was on. It'll be reviewed. Protect the offensive rebound. Oh, he got. You know what that's like? Um, that's like when you see something in a movie that you missed the first time, right? Or you see something in a, like a uh, like in a spy drama that that you missed the first time. You're like, oh, 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 oh! Now I, it's like uh, almost like uh, I, I can give this away now. When you know the premise of the Sixth Sense, <laughs> and you go back and you go back and watch the Sixth Sense a second time, you're like, how did I not get it? How did I not see it? How? How did I miss that? And I think that's what everybody thought. We're like, oh, wait, he got that off in time. How'd that happen? Here's here's the hero of of that night, Derek White. It don't do no good to to stand in the corner there, whether he makes it or not. Uh, So I just was crashing the glass. And it came right to me. But yeah, it's going to be a little crazy. My phone's already blowing up, but get home tomorrow, play with Hendrix. I'm sure he won't look at me any differently, so that would be cool. 
here's Jason Tatum, who, who played very well. And by the way, if you've seen the video, he was in position for a tip-in or a tip-dunk uh, in front of the rim, but the ball kind of circled around, toilet bowled a little bit, and came off right to, right to Derek White. Here's Jason Tatum on the finish and on tonight's game. That felt like the longest 10 seconds ever waiting for confirmation if he made it or not. I'm still like in disbelief. That's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad we got another chance, another opportunity. Just the, uh, the grit that we showed to get to this moment. I'm proud of that. I'm proud to be on this team. And uh, I've, never, I've never been so excited to go back to Boston in my life. And I cannot wait to see all the fans on Monday because it's going to be fun. And if we use if we use um, last game seven against the Sixers as our guide, Jason Tatum seems to be built for that. We'll we'll see. They they did not make jump shots. Didn't make three three point jump shots in that game. Here's Jalen Brown summing up the series. It don't get too much worse than being down 0-3. Like we feel like we've been in hell and back. We feel like we can face any adversity that gets thrown at us. It all means nothing if we don't come out and give our best effort on our home floor um, on Monday night. Huh. Um, it, it does get a little bit worse, right? We, we, it, it, it does actually get a little bit worse if you get swept. But it wasn't just they were down three games and none. It's that they no-showed down three games and none. They had no effort, no cohesion, no feeling of, are they going to fight this thing back? Yeah, they're going to fight this thing back. But I also will point out that, and I think Spo has, has, I don't think, I know he's earned all the respect that he's been given. Um, but it is interesting that, that some guys get a pass. And I think the only reason the Heat get the pass, I guess, is because they've they've won a couple championships. They won championships under Spo. They got to the finals under Spo, and he's and they're they're seen as being uh, shorthanded because you don't have Tyler Hero, even if they may actually be a better team, better team than without Tyler Hero. Uh, now is by the way when you need a Tyler Hero. Right, like he's one of those guys that he might, you might not have gotten to this point without him, but in the game you need him. Right, in the game you absolutely you need him at this very moment because he's a guy who can win you a game. That's what those those type of guys are. Like Tyler Hero can't really guard anybody. Sometimes over dribbles, tries to do too much. But you know what? When he gets it going, you need more. You need they as much as defense is great. You do need somebody who puts the ball in the basket. And Jimmy's not a natural scorer. He can score and he can take over a game, but it's not naturally like what he does. It's not him at his best. Him at his best is doing a little bit of everything and then taking and making a big shot. Or like a one-man run like he did at the end of game six and getting to the free throw line. Is anybody picking the heat? Anybody. I mean, Levitard probably is, right? Those guys that are all in on the heat are all in on the heat. But is anybody in the real world saying, like, ah, he got... Can, can you imagine the devastation of you getting beat, three up, you're up 3-0, you come back home, it's your second game you're losing at home, now all of a sudden you have the lead with three seconds to go. Everyone thought they won after the missed shot. Everyone. But go back and look at the arena, and that place is going crazy. Like, everyone missed it. Harlan missed it. The wedding party missed it. Then he gets a tip in. Like, that's 
it almost feels like a loss and a half. Um, the stat is out there from uh, stat guru Dick Leipy. For the 148th Game 7 in NBA history, Boston has played in 36 of them. They've won 26 of them. And they're 22-5 and five at home in Game 7s. Miami's 6-5 and five in Game 7s. Of course, LeBron won an NBA championship in the, against the Spurs in a Game 7. But they're 0-2 on the road as a franchise. Doesn't necessarily affect this year. Three teams have forced a Game 7 after coming back from an 0-3 deficit. All three have lost, but this is the first team to go down three games to none that has a game at home. Gosh, it should be fun. All right, coming up next. Oh, I'll get to this in a second. At the end of your first year, Discover Credit Cards automatically doubles your cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, those see terms. Check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Which Jason Tatum will show up? And what, what changes should the Celtics make in trying to close this thing out after seeing their own season's life pass before their eyes? Our Celtics correspondent will join us. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources the nikki glazer podcast her roast of tom brady stole the show now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the nikki glazer podcast i said tell tom brady that i'm the tom brady of roasting lots of people roasted the goat but only nikki is still being talked about every time i refresh my dms it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is The Herd on the iHeart Radio app, Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Gigantic game tonight. And um, I would say it's interesting because uh, I think it was, what, three days ago that was the anniversary of the bird steal to DJ. DJ, bird steals the ball. I pass the DJ. DJ lays it in, right? Um, but the the level of the how, how fast things happen in a sport like this, in a game like this. Maybe Max Good can shine some light on it. He's a... Uh, he's a good friend. He's our Celtics correspondent. If you know anything about hoops, you know Max Good. He's been the head coach at UNLV. He's been the head coach at Loyola Marymount. A long time and successful college assistant, prep school coach, most famously at Maine Central Institute. And of course, uh, now he's just the consummate coach slash fan. Max, you've been watching the Celtics forever. 
where does that play rank in the in the annals of great Celtics winning plays? Well, obviously the two that come to mind are, and I even remember this one: Havlicek stole the inbounds pass, and and uh, Johnny Moses screaming, Havlicek stole the ball, Havlicek stole the ball, and then the Larry Bird play, and then obviously this one is. Uh, you know, in some ways, is even more exciting than the other two. It's certainly getting more publicity because of all the, you know, all the things we have at hand, all, all the, the innovations we have to keep people abreast of everything in the sports world. What did you think of the play? Because the play took Jason Tatum out kind of towards midcourt. Now, part of it was that Max Struess denied him the ball. That took him away from guarding the inbounder. But what did you think of the play itself, which seemed to, I don't know if the idea was to get him the ball like at midcourt and give him a chance to go one-on-one with three seconds, or was he used as a decoy? What did you think of the play they're in? Well, ironically, Smart's shot really almost went in. No doubt, in and out. Uh, you know, he's a gamer anyway in that respect. You know, during the regular run of a game, he might have shot an air ball, but in this situation. And uh, I think uh, I, I love uh, Derek White. I've liked him ever since he came there. He, You know, the ball doesn't stick. He knows how to play. And uh, he just, I feel confident with him on the floor. You know, he had four blocks in that game. Wow. Um uh, now, are you a like I, I? I don't think you have to guard the inbounder, but I do think that Max Struess he overextended himself. Right, one kind of quick bluff, and then you get back to covering your guy. If not just for the shot, but if Smart wanted to, he could have thrown it to Derek White for a wide open shot. Right, I know they probably are thinking, well, they don't have time enough to get it back to the inbounder, but they didn't get it back to the inbounder. The inbounder went and got it. No you know, doubt. he kind of he ran to the left corner and kind of hesitated a second, and then when he saw the shot go up, he had a strong burst and, and uh, obviously got the ball. But uh, and they say, you know, they were talking about well, it went off the only place he could have tipped it in. Well, Tatum crashed the board from the other side. If it right. had come off the right hand side, Tatum might have been you know had a shot at Tip Duncan. Um. What's it harder to come back from if you're a team? Coming down off the high of the Celtics surviving or coming uh, getting back together after the low of losing the last three games and the way in which they lost this last game? You know, I'll have a great answer for that about 11 o'clock tonight. <laughs> okay, how about this one? What's changed with the Celtics? I mean, you and I talked game three. They looked like they, were, they, they had already booked their flights to Cancun. Oh, it was awful. You know, it just was a game where every one of them played poorly, and consequently, nobody played well. So they kind of all got their daubers down at the same time, and it was a disastrous. But it probably helped them in the long run. You know, it gave them real energy to come back and avert that from happening again. But, uh, you know, Miami's a good team because they are a team. The, the, the Celtics are, are somewhat a team. I'll tell you the one thing that drives me the craziest about the Celtics is when Jason Tatum brings the ball up the floor slowly. They almost ne- – I'd like to know what their shooting percentage is on those, on those possessions. He'll get it up, barely get it across in time. 
you know, get doubled, pass it to somebody, go get it back, and then invariably it's a step back or a side step three, and that's a recipe for disaster. Who wins tonight? Oh, gosh, you know, I hope the Celtics, but who knows? You know, maybe the Rochester Royals. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I've never seen anything like it in talk radio, though. It's from, you know, it's literally from 6 in the morning to right up to game time. I mean, that's Uh, all they're talking about on TV. No, I I, look, I think it's fast. And it's one of those things where it strangely comes around to the, the, the new garden. And of course, we saw Tatum go for fifty last time. But I, I, it's great, right? Like this is the only baseball team to come back from it was the Red Sox, uh, right? And right. it's it's in the right arena. It's not to take away the Heat have had their own kind of history in that arena, but this it feels right to be on Memorial Day. The Celtics playing at home that feels like an absolute snake pit. This is this is like one of those. If the Heat can win this game, it feels like a win and a half. Like, they should get an extra credit, not just winning the series. Right. I, I tell you, I'd have a hard time betting against Jimmy Butler. You know, he's had a couple games this, in this series where he's. it's appeared that he hasn't done much of anything. And one of them, he had 29 points and 12 rebounds. And it was hard to even notice him out there. But as a fan and as a basketball uh as a basketball lover, I, I just he puts fear in my heart, and I don't know that they can continue to keep Adam, however the hell you pronounce it, the big center that played at Kentucky. Uh, he hasn't had a great series. Bam Adebayo. Yeah, Sam Adebayo. Bam, 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 bam. You know, you know, but Butler's interesting, Max, because there's everybody's trying to find the comp. I think he's Dwayne Wade. Right, like Dwayne Wade wasn't a great shooter, but he damn if he didn't make shots, you know, kind of like Dwayne Wade, he's only going right, he's getting to his spot. It just what he lacks in skill, he makes up in toughness and competitiveness, and just kind of finds a way. I think that's the that's the guy I would actually compare him most to, and he just happens to also play for the same franchise. Well, he reminds me of Arnold Palmer. If you play golf, Arnold Palmer used to not have the sweetest swing and 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 the best shots, but. He almost would will the ball in the hole, you know, when he was at his best. And, and uh, you know, I, I went to see him play when he scored, uh, I think he scored 46 against the Celtics a couple of years ago. Uh, or maybe it was last year, but I, I expect him to be real fiery and emotional. And he was anything but. He never bit at the officials. He didn't uh, act up. You know, there was no drama. He just He just played hard. And, and uh, really poised. He's really poised, you know, well, when he's playing. Well, it's going to be fascinating. I, would say, I think maybe the other interesting part is, you know, the guys you trust your, the most because of their veterans and they have a high basketball IQ, like Al Horford fouling twice there down the stretch. You know, that's the last five points that they scored. You know, and to his credit, he got the ball taken from him, and then he blocked a shot, too, at the rim which is, uh, you know, it doesn't get noticed. Of course, everybody always remember what happens late. You know, they don't know what, you know, they can't remember what happened back sure. in the second quarter or late in the first quarter. But every possession was at a premium 
you know, I guess you can say that for any close, important game. But every possession was so pressure packed. No, that was a, that was a high level. That was a high level game. It'll be fascinating to see who's got the energy and can and can get up off the mat after what was just a crazy inning. Are you going? How am I doing? Are you going? Are you going to the oh, game? No, 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 no. I went uh, last week and. Uh, I went to the game and got back to the car and realized I'd left my uh, uh, my cell phone back there. I said, I need not be out again. I'm a little too old to be out here maneuvering the, the energy in Boston. Because, you know, Boston is a high-energy high town. And it's got a great fan base. It really does. But I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I was talking to Paul Pearson. He said, you know, he's a West Coast guy, but he's got an East Coast attitude. And he said that. The Celtics fans, he said, would implore you to play. If they, if you weren't working or that didn't appear to be working, they would uh, let you know it. And he said he really liked that. He said it made him better. You know, the fact he said they were hardworking people, you know. And he said, you know, the L.A. crowd would go late and leave early, and Boston fans would come early and leave late. And he said they would, uh, they'd really get after you and let you know if, if you weren't giving a great effort. Max, awesome stuff. Enjoy watching tonight's game. We'll talk about it uh, probably tomorrow on my show. Uh, on my show. Thanks for joining us here on Fox well, Sports Radio. If they lose, there'll be an obituary in the paper, <laughs> so you won't talk to me. No doubt, Max. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Let's get to Jason Stewart with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. I, I need to say this before we do the news. Um, yes. Max Good has been our Celtics correspondent now for the last couple seasons. Uh, you did a podcast with him on the All Ball podcast. I I uh, ask our listeners to access it and listen to Max Good. I don't, I don't know what it is about it. I just think the fact that he answers every question the way he feels, he doesn't yes. measure his words. No. Nope. And it's... It's just, and it's like talking to my dad about anything in life. Yes. There's always just a little bit of that, you know, kind of uh, get off my lawn to it, but yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. Amazing. yeah. Um, so thank you to Max Good for joining us. Um, this just came down. LeBron um, sent out a cryptic Instagram message. LeBron James has a cryptic Instagram post. He's been kind of silent since, uh, since going, you know, since the last game last week. So, um, it looks like he kind of quote tweeted or quote Instagrammed a message that says, what does being him even mean? His response is a Jay-Z lyric, Doug. I'm supposed to be number one on everybody list. We'll see what happens when I no longer exist. Hmm. Hmm. It's a riddle. It's a riddle. <laughs> It's a riddle. That's what it is. It's a riddle. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, but it is interesting, right? Like, I'd like to. I, I like to push back on the LeBron talking about retirement game seven wasn't to take away the shine from the 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 Nuggets. But today is not about LeBron James, right? Like, hey, dude, you're not playing. It's not in your conference. And, yeah, you had some great games in Boston. One disaster game, but several great games in Boston. One in a game seven. But this is not your day. That 
That's a great point. This is not your day, dude. We've talked about this. This is like your, This is like at the wedding day. The guy who always grabs the <laughs> microphone and wants to give the toast. Like, what are you doing? This is not your day. Like that's you don't you barely know them. I don't know if he did it on purpose last week. I I, I don't think he did either. But he does have a knack for doing this. I've always said, for being one of the most famous people on the planet. No one seeks attention more than LeBron James. Like you don't need to seek attention when you're as famous as he does. And right. Uh, you're right. On the day of Game Seven, he uh, he goes on social media. Um, sick into the NBA. This one's a weird one. The NBA has opened an investigation in a longtime referee Eric Lewis involving a Twitter account that has responded responded to numerous posts on league officiating on Twitter. Um, I guess Eric Lewis, according to this report. Uh, came up with the burner account Blair Cutliffe. And he goes on and he defends himself and other referees against calls. Now, this is a potential issue because it's a league rule uh, that you cannot, as a referee, comment on any officiating publicly without authorization. So we'll see how this plays out, Doug. But burner accounts in the NBA in recent years, um, Brian Colangelo and his wife had a burner account and he later uh, resigned. And Kevin Durant and his burner account has been long written about. What, what do you make of this story? Um, it's a weird one. It, it's I, I guess th- there's a bunch of stories in one. And when we get done with Herdline News, I'll kind of bring it all together. But I never understand. And I've, I've been down that road probably more of a long time ago. Um, but I will never understand people caring about what random people on social media care about. I, I, like, who cares if they're roasting you on Twitter? So what? They're on Twitter. They're not in the real world. Correct. And so, to that end, Doug, um, Sloane Stevens, uh, an American tennis player who happens to be black, she won her French Open uh, match and did an interview afterwards. And within that interview, she was asked about the amount of racism that she gets. And she said, quote, it's obviously been a problem my entire career. It has never stopped. If anything, it's only gotten worse. And then she goes on, it's obviously been something I've dealt with my whole career. Like I said, it's continued to get worse. People online that have fresh rain free reign to say whatever they want behind their fake pages, which is obviously very troublesome. Now, Doug, you and I could only imagine what it's like to be a woman on social media, let alone a black woman on social media. But what do you make of this story? Well, I mean, I, you can you can both you can both be empathetic towards her and any, you know, hate tweets or comments that she's received and also say, like, can we take a breath and say it's worse than ever? Right. Like. You, you don't have to go back that far. And I also say, you know, like, it's, there are other countries. We, we've pushed way back, you know, to where now there's the, it's considered kind of the woke movement. Other countries are not close to being there. Um, but again, like, I, I, what she's talking about is there's some software that they've given to tennis players that they can use that weeds out any kind of racist comments, right? And she has some, there's some algorithms you can do with Instagram as well. But why do people care? I, I get it. Like, I get them in my, um, on my Twitter feed, and I'm a fraction of the level of worldwide popularity of a Sloan Stevens. 
But, like, these are not real human beings. They don't matter. This, by the way, is why the, the blue checks did matter. Because those are the ones you can pay attention to. But we pay, we pay attention to way too many bots or people that are just trying to trigger others. Or they have hateful thoughts like, like why do you care? I sure don't. Like, that's the... That's the I've always said, like, the, the parts of being an adult... Right? Like, part one is you'd never turn down a nap. What adult says, like, you want to take a nap? Like, nah, I'm good. Everybody's like, that sounds amazing. Um, adults, I think when you, you have especially emotional intelligence and growth, you point inward. Like, you don't, when you're a little kid, it's the ref, it's the coach, it's the principal, it's the teacher. You point outwards. When you get to be an adult, you're like, you know what? That was me. I screwed that up. That was all me. And now a third part is, like, when you have grown-up thoughts is when you stop caring at all about people that don't matter. And yes, I said it. I'll say what everyone truly knows and believes, that we know who you are if you don't matter. We know who you are. It used to be signified by a check mark. Now it's not. But, like, I've seen some of these tweets. They're awful. But there are people with like an egg and one follower or, you know, some fake design and 70 followers. They don't matter. And the more you talk about them, I think it makes people feel empowered to make more comments because they want to matter. They don't. That's Jason Stewart with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Like, again, it's important to point out, like, it's got to be terrible. It's just not a good, it ruins the device. Like social media can be awesome. I remember the early days of Twitter when you're watching a ball game and you're tweeting it and just the people you're following. And it feels like this is all like a fun, educated conversation. You see somebody on camera, you point it out and all that stuff. But you, you enter in these randos, these random people, and it doesn't matter what you list. They're going to find something to hate on it. They'll find some way to mention something that's utterly disgraceful because they don't feel like there's any sort of... What's what's the pushback against it? I'm Doug Gottlieb for Colin. Um, Jewel sang the national anthem at the Indy 500. And again, randoms on Twitter didn't love it. I liked it. I also thought it was a different, unique way of playing the national anthem. So it's Memorial Day. Everybody's got their flags out. What's the best national anthems, most memorable national anthems? We'll get them to you next in the herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gollyman for Colin. This is the Herd, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. So, uh, did you watch any of the Indy 500? Don't worry, neither did I. I just, just didn't. Um... And did they stop the race when the tire went off the track? Is that is that right? Did they call the race th- then? Uh, but the other, I guess, notable thing that happened was Jewel sang the national anthem with a guitar, kind of a different sort of, she put her own rendition on it. So, again, some randoms didn't approve of it on social media. When you go to Yahoo, they put out like these random people who you've never heard of and you don't care about saying, I didn't like the national anthem. Do you have to sing it one different way? I think the answer is no. You do have to be respectful when you do it, which gets us to our best for last. It's almost the end of the show, but that doesn't mean we're phoning it in. Nope, we grind to the very last segment. It's time for Best for Last. All right, we got most memorable national anthems ever, 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 ever. Uh, do we have a one, two, three, four, five, six? Number five. Okay, let's number five. Um, you know what? I- I'm going to go with Roseanne Barr. Do you remember Roseanne Barr screaming the national anthem? Just odd. It was odd. It was another, like, look at me, attention sort of moment, right? And it was very on brand for her. But, like, look, there's just certain things you don't do. You know, if you don't want to see a national anthem, just say, I don't want to do it. But it, in terms of memorable, I don't know anybody who was alive during that time that doesn't remember it. Number four. Um, I, I think... I think this one is is interesting. Um, Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock, right? Played it on his guitar. Like that one you still, people still play that on the radio on days like today. I heard, I, I, I mean, Jimmy's interesting. And yes, I can hear Jimmy. But Jimi Hendrix playing it at Woodstock, especially during an era in which there are so many protests against the flag, against the national anthem, against what the government was doing. I think that one is has to be on anybody's list. Number three. Um, Marvin Gaye, 83 All-Star Game. Um, go back, YouTube it if you want. Totally different rhythm, style. Uh, just incredible. Some people view it as th- the greatest 
adaption of of uh, the national anthem ever. It's definitely incredibly unique. Number two. Uh, I'm going to put um, Natalie Gilbert. Okay, Natalie Gilbert was a young woman who forgot the words. Forgot the words. And at the time, Maurice Cheeks was the head coach of the Portland Trailblazers. He walked over, put his arms around her, and helped her remember and sing the national anthem. It's like, it's like an all-time moment. It's not an easy song, and when you're young, it's not an easy song. Other people have screwed up the words plenty of times. Number one. Now, some people will say Whitney Houston. I will not. Why? It's not that at the time, and like I remember it. I was watching, you know, we were at war with Iraq. Like I was first person go war, I go for war. I get it. But it was lip synced. Chris Stapleton was at the Super Bowl this year, and it was the real deal. And I think can honestly be considered the greatest and most memorable national anthem ever. Maybe Whitney's more memorable, but she didn't actually sing it. She lip-synced it. I'm taking her off the list. I'm putting Chris Stapleton at one. I'm putting Chris. Um, There is something interesting. So the NBA's opened this investigation in this Eric Lewis. He's an official involving Twitter. And if you remember, I think it was the Christmas Day game, right? Where Patrick Beverly... Or was that it was Lakers Celtics game where Patrick Beverly grabbed the camera and then showed the the official he showed the camera to was Eric Lewis. So there's there's there is something that's great about game sevens. It's that everybody feels like we're on the up and up. The the officiating is generally very, very fair. Physical but fair. Um usually fatigue is a major, major factor. Major factor. And you can say, well, you got you have time off. Like the the level of emotions and energy expended in an NBA playoff game, it's just hard to 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 dial that thing back up. But the energy in the building will be incredible. The officiating is usually very fair. Like people always point out the Kings Lakers and Game Six was bad. Well, Game Five was equally terribly officiated in the Kings' favor. Game Seven, it's usually even. Game Seven, it's usually even. Um, I do think when it's evenly officiated, I do think that it's in Boston. I do think that the that they've survived a game seven just going back a week and a half, two weeks ago. I do think that they have greater depth. They're not as banged up. And that, you know, the longer you go, it's like the reason teams with better talent want more possessions because more possessions when you have more talent equals more points than the opponent. They just can't, you know, garner that, that number of points. And I think this, in terms of the more games, the longer we go, the more that ultimately the better team will survive. And I do think the, I think the, the Heat are a very, very good team. But I don't know if they have the depth of talent nor the fatigue level that builds up in this type of series playing a little bit shorthanded. I like the Celtics tonight. I do not like the 7.5. I would absolutely take the Heat 7.5, you know, get it up to 8. That's fine. But I, I like the Celtics and... Wouldn't it be amazing if the only 3-0 comeback in the history of baseball was the Red Sox, the only comeback in basketball was the was the Boston Celtics. And I'm not like a Celtics fan, like a card-carrying Smitty member of the Boston Celtics fan club. I'm not in any way. And I thought this series, when it was 3-0 and they got beat by 26 points in Game 3, I thought it was over. They looked like they were done. And it looked like they needed a new coach. But they figured it out, they got it back to Boston, they got themselves a chance. Uh, my guess is it's not a pretty game. 
that Tatum does end up kind of carrying, carrying them late, and they survive by a couple points. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a happy and safe Memorial Day. Check out Game 7. We'll react to it in The Herd on Fox Sports Radio. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.